well, hello and welcome, and welcome and hello. Come in, come in, come in. The weather out there has been so dreadful or delightful lately, hasn't it? But you've come to the right place, I can assure you. So, go ahead. Wash your teeth, brush your face, have a cozy sit-stand or lie down, and close your eyes wide awake. Because I've got a story to tell you. An Explanation of the Acceptance of His Name Every morning, the man who handed Alistair his newspaper called him Guy. And it was not an ambiguous guy. Make no mistake of that. It was a guy of recognition. Alistair could see in the man's eye, both of them even, that he knew who Alistair was. Perhaps he thought, Hey, here's that guy with the mustache who gets a paper from me every morning. Perhaps he thought simply, Hey, here's that guy. Or even more simply, Hey, here's Guy. Anyway, it was cut, though. It was fine by Alistair. Call him what you would, as long as you called him the same name each time. It was a motto he put together only after years of correctional fatigue. One would think with a semi-original moniker like Alistair Cromley, people would remember his name. Alistair even thought that. And we all thought wrong. In fact, being named Alistair Cromley guarantees you only one thing in life. You will constantly be mistaken for the English occultist Alistair Crowley. But Alistair Crowley was no more Alistair Crowley than Geoffrey Chancer was Geoffrey Chaucer. And thusly you could no more accuse Alistair Crowley of casting dark spells on co-workers any more than you could praise Geoffrey Chancer for writing the Canterbury Tales on co-workers. And once that simple sentence was agreed upon, if the Alistair Crowley name could not be shaken, well, okay. Alistair could deal with that. He was, after all, still himself. And one should not overlook the good fortune of having a friend named Karl Marx. Karl with a C, Marx with a KS, with whom to relate. And after that acceptance was accepted... The names Alistair answered to ranged from Alistair Crowley to Albert to Foster McDavis. You could blame some of those mistakes, uh, the Albert ones, on a lack of enunciation on Alistair's part. But you would be wrong in blaming all the mistakes on him. Alistair tried over-enunciating and would still get Albert. And that was not even taking into account the Foster McDavis types of mistakes, or, on the other side, all of the people who had heard Alistair's introduction and correctly recognized his name as Alistair, thereby proving that it was no fault of his own, or at least not always a fault of his own. So, Alistair thought, why even try to correct? Now, that was not a defeatist attitude. Alistair had not really given up. He had simply looked the problem in the eye, both of them even, and recognized the fact that the problem remembered him as Foster McDavis. So Alistair simply stopped recognizing that as a problem. After all, what was a name really but a collection of letters and sounds agreed upon? And though there was certainly validity 
to Alistair knowing his birth name, what seemed more important was the recognition of his name by someone else, even if the name recognized was not Alistair Cromley. People countered that train of thought by saying that it was more embarrassing to find out after months of calling somebody Foster McDavis that that person was really named Alistair Cromley. And to some extent, Alistair would agree. But when you take into account the multiple embarrassments of multiple corrections and add into that the embarrassment that comes with the realization that you had already been corrected, you get an overall embarrassment that completely out-embarrasses someone letting you call them Foster McDavis for a while. And in all truthful honesty, Alistair himself hardly remembered names right away. So chances were if you had just met him, he would probably just refer to you as, uh, you. As in, hey there, you. Until he had a firm grasp of your name. And it was not personal. Oh no, not at all or in any of the least. It was just that, at the precise moment when an introduction occurred, Alistair would get lost in the constellation of rods and cones in that person's eyes. He did not know why that was. And he would concentrate extra hard, focusing in on the mouth and sounding out each and every word said, and he would stay with the words the entire way through, right up to the introduction, and still, his mind always managed to skip a beat and pick up the millisecond after the name was said. With the recognition of his own malady with names, how could Alistair possibly hold anyone to the responsibility of remembering his own name? Call him Alistair Cromley, Alistair Crowley, Albert, Foster McDavis, or just Guy. Alistair simply liked the idea of being remembered at all. 